Welcome to the sermon podcast of First United Methodist Church of Round Rock. We hope that this message offers meaning to your life. We invite you to join us in worship on Saturday evenings at 5.30 p.m. or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9.40, or 11 a.m. Each service is unique in style and format. May God bless you and your day. God, help us to hear a word of hope and grace and love and what you say through us and to us today. And may it make a real difference in the way that, that we live our lives. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, the uh, scripture text uh, we just read from uh, Matthew's gospel, if you noticed at the beginning, it said uh, uh, Jesus was coming from somewhere uh, and was uh, wanting to be alone and, a, and away from people. Uh, the uh, passage just before this in Matthew, we learned that John the Baptist... Uh, had just been beheaded by uh, orders from Herod. And Jesus' disciples took uh, John's body, buried it, and then went and shared the news with Jesus. Now, can you imagine if a friend of yours, a close friend, had been executed in that fashion, and then you get that news, what would you, what would you want to do then? I think I'd want to, Go away and be alone too. You know, the Southwest Airlines commercials want to get away, you know. Yeah, I want to get away. You ever just want to get away from it all? Uh, one of the first churches I served um, in my ministry, uh, I was in my 20s uh, last week. And, um, and uh, I'd, I'd never actually seen someone die. And uh, there was a man in our church named Cloyce Floyd, wonderful man. He was in the hospital, and I was there as he was going through the process of dying. Uh, was in the room with his wife as we prayed, and then just sat there as he, as he died. And uh, lots of things came to mind. Uh, number one was uh, how peaceful death can really be in certain situations, and just this mysterious gift that it is. Uh, but also this sense of not knowing what to do next. I mean, I was new to this, and... We had the funeral a few, de- few days after that, and after the funeral, I didn't want to go home. I didn't want to go back to the church. I didn't want to be around people. I was tired because I'd been up at the hospital all week with this family. and So I just got my fishing pole and went to a pond that was there in the community, and I don't even think I fished. <laughs> I just sat, sat there alone. That's all Jesus wanted was just some time away. So he got in the boat and he uh, crossed over the Sea of Galilee, which is really just a large lake, but in Scripture you'll see it referred to as the Sea of Galilee. And as he's in the boat crossing, he notices um, when he gets to the other side, all these people were there waiting for him. All he wanted was a few minutes, maybe a day or two. And there's this crowd. Did you see how many? 5,000 men besides women and children. There's no telling how many people were really there? I mean, it could have been 10, 20,000 people. Well, he, he arrives, and uh, this is Jesus. So uh, what's he going to do? If it were me, I would have made a U-turn in the boat. Uh, but but he, instead, he, he gets out, and the text says that he had compassion for the people and that he began to heal the sick. 
So there's Jesus and all these people, and it's just this, you can just feel the energy. It gets towards the end of the day, and his disciples come up, and, and they say what any of us would have said. They say, now look, it, it's getting late. Let, let's send the people on their way so they can go to the villages and, and get something to eat. And then Jesus said, uh, now why don't you feed them? You ever experience that with God? You ever try to tell God what to do? You ever try to give God advice on what he needs to do in your life or this situation? And then sometimes he says, no, I'll tell you what, um, why don't you do this? And you're like, no, I was thinking you would do that. But So Jesus said, you feed them. And then you can imagine they look around. <laughs> yeah, look at all these people. We've got five loaves, two fish, and you want us to feed all these people? I mean, who do you think we are? One of my first churches I served was Tawakana United Methodist Church. It's near, uh, near Mahaya, and if you don't know where Mahaya is, then forget it. It's just a smaller community. So uh, there's about three, 400 people in the community of Tawakana. And my first Sunday there, it was Communion Sunday, and I'd never been to the church before, just arrived, and the uh, communion elements were on the altar. Uh, and I was going through the service as normal. I'm thinking, great, that's wonderful. They got it all set up. We're good to go. And it uh, comes time for communion. So I go to the uh, communion table and I lift the cloth off the, the plate. And on the plate are two hot dog buns. <laughs> two hot dog buns. So the first thought that goes through my mind is, do you break them long way? Or so I, I literally pause. It almost took my breath away, and I'm standing here and just I look like I'm praying when I'm really thinking, what in the world is this? And so I uh, remember I'm trained in seminary and somewhat trained in the Methodist Church at that point, and you know, highly skilled individual. So I, I take the hot dog buns, turn around, face the congregation, and in a sacred moment, look up to the heavens, break the bread, and say, this is the body of Oscar Mayer, <laughs> broken for you. I didn't do that, but anyway. And as I, as I was the pastor in that church for five years, you know what I came to learn? I came to learn uh, that might have been all they had that day, and, and you know what they did? They brought it to the altar and I learned in that church that th they gave whatever they had of themselves of their resources and that God took what they gave and blessed it and then gave it in the community well the disciples are there and they're still wondering uh, how are we going to do this we got five loaves two fish and you heard him he said you feed them and they're still thinking, We're, we can't do this. I'm not capable. Same church, Tawakana, we had a free fish fry. Invited the whole community. And uh, so many people showed up that we ran out of fish towards the end. There were about 15 people at the end of the line. And guess who was sent outside to tell the people that we're out of fish? So I went to the back of the line. I tried to sell it. Here's how I tried to sell it. I said, we're so glad you're here. Um, we're out of fish, but the hush puppies are outstanding. <laughs> and the french fries and the coleslaw. 
And a lady in the back said, uh, I thought this was a church. Jesus fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish. Now, I'd been out frying fish all afternoon. I was hot. I was tired. And I looked at, the, I looked at her, and the whole place could hear her. I said, well, if you haven't noticed, I'm not Jesus. <laughs> and then what I really wanted to say, but thank goodness I didn't, I really wanted to say, remember this was a free fish fry? I really wanted to say, I'll tell you what, we'll give you your money back. Oh, wait, it's free. <laughs> I forgot. Well, there they are, five loaves, two fish, and then it happened. that Jesus said, all right, give them to me. They give them the food. And it says that Jesus took it, he blessed it, broke it, and then gave it to the disciples to distribute. Took, blessed, broke, gave. If you read the account of the Last Supper that Jesus shared with his disciples before he was betrayed and then ultimately crucified, at that supper, Jesus, the text says, took the bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it. Same language. Then in Luke 24, after Jesus had been resurrected, the, the two disciples, you remember the story, they were going on their way to the village of Emmaus, and Jesus walks along beside them, and they still don't recognize that this is Jesus, and they get to the, the village, to the place that they're going. Jesus is there at the table with them and takes an ordinary meal, and he did it again. The text said he took the bread, blessed it, broke it, and then gave it. Uh, maybe this isn't just a miracle of just feeding a bunch of people. Maybe this story is something more. Uh, if you're wondering how this miracle took place, I don't know. I have no idea. There's all sorts of explanations for it, but, but I do believe that God created us and this world, and if God can create anything out of nothing, uh, then anything's possible. Uh, even in my life, which I sometimes think is just a insignificant life just going day to day what about you anybody here want Jesus to take your life and to bless it and to break it where it needs to be broken and then and then give it in some way to others that's what he does you know that's that's what God does you know, Jesus was the only one there that could see what was possible. Now, the disciples sure couldn't see it, and I'm sure the crowd couldn't see it, but he could see something no one else could see. Um, I have two boys, uh, 16 and 13, so please pray for me. Uh, pray for my wife, too, because she has three boys. And uh, my oldest, uh, they both love sports and play. My oldest uh, plays football, and uh, last year he was a sophomore and was playing quarterback on the JV, and I was at the game, and uh, this uh, guy comes up to me during the game. He says, hey, I hear that's your son out there playing. I said, yeah. He said, uh, would it be okay if I talked to him after the game, and maybe in the offseason could I work with him on some stuff? And, and, and I'm thinking, uh, who is this guy? You know, just, was he bored in the concession stand? And 
decide to mess with me or who is this guy? So I said, uh, I said, yeah, who, remind me, who are you? And well, he introduced himself and said, well, I used to coach college football. And I said, oh, really? And at this point, I'm like, oh, okay, let's talk, you know. <laughs> um, and he said, I was a head coach at Army and uh, most recently, Louisiana Monroe. I coached quarterbacks at University of Miami in the 80s and Tennessee and all this. And um, he said, do you mind if I work with your son? I said, no, I'd love that. That'd be great. And, uh, and he said, uh, he said, you may not see this, but you know, your son could be a college quarterback. And I said, um, have you seen me? <laughs> no. Um, I, I'm that parent. You know, parents with their kids in sports, they can go one of two ways. You have uh, the ones that go this way. Uh, junior might play baseball, and, uh, you know, he, he couldn't hit a ball to save his life, but he's going to be the next Babe Ruth, you know. You got that extreme. Then I'm on this other extreme, which is like, no, you know, that's, you don't understand. And that's kind of how I operated with it. And well, this last Friday night, we're at the game, and my son's playing now in varsity. He said, um, he said we need to get together and meet so I can help walk you through how the recruiting process is going to go. And, and I'm like, wow, you mean he could play, and we wouldn't have to pay for college? <laughs> uh, he said, oh, yeah. Um, my wife and I were watching a game the other day. I was like, God, those guys are big. You know, the, she's like, yeah, God, I'm afraid he's going to get hurt. And I'm like, yeah, but free tuition. We have Advil. <laughs> we got Advil. But, you know, that guy could see something that even his dad couldn't see. You know, Jesus sees something in you that maybe you don't see or are not willing to see. Same with me. I, I think he sees it in our churches too. I think Jesus sees something in this church that maybe no one here has seen in the history of this church or even now. wonder what would happen if, if you gave yourself to him as a church, if he took you and if he blessed you and broke you in some way and then and then gave you to this community in the world. What would, what would that look like? Tony Campolo is a pastor and used to be in the Baptist church. And he was a pastor of a Baptist church at the time. And they had deacons in the Baptist church. Anybody ever been in the Baptist church here? Anybody? And uh, in the Baptist church, uh, deacons uh, help in administrative type, uh, council type work. Uh, they also uh, do some ministry-type work in the church. And he said that he had a deacon in the church that, that wasn't deaking. Uh, he just wasn't doing anything. So uh, he met with the man. He said, hey, um, we have a youth group here, and they go once a month to the nursing home down the road, and uh, they need someone to uh, drive the van. Would you, would you be available to do that? It's just, just once a month. And he reluctantly said, yeah, I guess I will. And as he drove home that day, he's thinking, well, big deal, I'm driving a van. Well, they go to the nursing home for the first time, and they go into the, the worship area where they have the service, and he sits in the back, and there's a man in a wheelchair in the back, an older man, and he sits next to him. And about halfway through the service, this man reaches over and grabs his hand, and he holds his hand there for the rest of the service. 
Well, he doesn't think anything of it. After the service, he says, it's good to meet you, and we'll see you next time. And so they come back the next month and sits in the same spot, and sure enough, it happens again. The man in the wheelchair grabbed his hand again. This went on for a few months and then came back again and walked into the worship area, and the man was not there at this service that time. So the deacon went to the nurse's station and asked about the man, and she said, well, I'm sorry to tell you, but he's, he's in the process of dying. He's third room on the right down the hall. So he walks down the hall and goes into the room, and there's no one else in the room at this point, and he'd never done this before, but he felt like he did, should do something, so he went over to the bed and was going to pray with the man. He didn't know if he could hear him or not, and uh, he reached out, grabbed his hand, the hand that he held before in the worship services, held his hand and said a prayer, and at the end of the prayer, uh, got a little squeeze. Have you ever experienced that? I'll tell you, it's, um, became emotional, and as he was walking out of the room, uh, bumped into a lady in the hallway as she was coming in, and uh, turns out it was the man's daughter. And she said, I'm so glad you're here. She, of course, knew him. She had seen him before. She said, I'm so glad you're here. Um, he's been waiting for you. He said he wanted to hold the hand of Jesus one more time before he died. And he thought he was just driving a van. 